Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I ate the sharpest tool in the shed. She was looking kind of dumb with her finger and her thumb in the shape of an L on her forehead. Welcome to the Up for Discussion podcast. The only show on the internet where we talk about the things we talk about in the order we talk about them. I'm Simon Pilkey. I'm Tom Zalatni. I'm Tim Blay. And we have a special guest joining us today. Hello, I'm Inga Knud. Thank you, Hi, Inga. Welcome for joining us. Thank you, <clears throat> thank for you welcome me. for joining us. <laughs> welcome to yep. the Thank You the podcast. <laughs> you, yes, have a, you have a wonderfully Scandinavian name. Yeah, I do. Uh, I'm actually from Germany. Okay. But um, my name is Swedish. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Pippi Longstockings. Yeah, sure. So the same author Personally. wrote like... <laughs> the, same, the same author named you? Uh, I, kind of. Uh, she wrote another book and there was an Inga in that. And oh. so uh, a lot of people are actually named after that in Germany. Hmm. So yeah. your your parents really liked the, the Inga book and thus you were? Yeah, the, they liked the book, I think, and they liked other names of the book, but then they decided on that. Cool. <laughs> Fair enough. Cool. Very nice, sweet. So cool. you are Tom's teacher, yes? W- well, I used to be. She in was the, my teacher. In the very beginning. Okay. Back in, yeah. When God created the heavens and the earth. <laughs> yeah, Inga he, was there, too, <laughs> teaching improv. Yeah, when, when you were still an improv baby. Yeah. In, it was like February, March. Yeah. Like when you were being formed in the womb of the improv. (laughs) She was there. (laughs) I witnessed it. Mm, Guiding your moves. So what did you what did you learn from Inga? Uh, Tom? I guess like basic scene stuff if it was level two. It was like very basic. Yeah. Yeah. Basic, like, uh, you know, getting pumpkin spice. She taught us how to do scenes. Wearing Uggs and Lululemon and stuff. (laughs) I can't I can't remember like yeah, I guess level two is still kind of very, like, formative, like... Yeah, just, uh, yeah, like, how can we use emotions in our scenes? How do we start a scene? Right. And, like, body language stuff yeah. as well, yeah. How do we do mm. different characters, that kind of stuff, yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's cool. That's yeah, really I like it. Yeah, it was <laughs> fun. I'm yeah, trying have, to get have, these have guys you moved to do it. Past uh, level two, or have you just been doing level two? On a I, um... She's most... fantastic. She's, like, <laughs> I'm sure. Thank she you. performs regularly. I do, yeah, I do. Um... I mostly teach level two still. Cool. I really like it because people are so excited mm. still and they're not self-conscious yet. Yet? Mm. Does it get worse <laughs> as you get further up? Well, uh, yeah, I guess so because your skills develop and then you get um, more self-aware of maybe things that didn't go so well and then uh. people get anxious. But then they get over it okay. eventually. So and there's, there's like an initial excitement and then like a dip Yeah. when you're, when you're learning and you're, you've got enough taste to know when you're bad. Yeah, you mm-hmm. you you're aware of your failure more than you were in the beginning. I guess. Okay. Mm. Right. Yeah. I'm talking about failure right now. <laughs> well, that's that's like our podcast is just about us failing on a weekly basis. <laughs> it's not just about us failing; it is, it is. Us failing. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about how this podcast has failed. <laughs> yeah, but that makes sense though, because like the level one people, it's kind of all sorts, right? Because a lot of people don't even really know what improv is when they show up, and then yeah. level two is the people who like enjoyed level one so much they want to come back but they don't really know what they're doing yet well enough to know if they're doing bad at it and then i'm doing level six now where we're hyper aware when a scene is bad and so we're like super like on edge about it constantly and it's like oh that was a bad scene uh 
Yeah, that's it. Mm. Yeah. What makes a bad scene? Um, that's a good question. Yeah, that's a good question. Is it just that like people aren't listening to each other, or is it that there's just no like like linear plot, or there's no like development in the in the story? I guess if there's just nothing in it that is relatable, mm-hmm. if if you watch it and you're like, I really don't care what is mm-hmm. happening between those two people right now, then you know, okay, right, something didn't work in that scene. And like all of those things you listed can lead to that, right? Yeah, yeah like lack it. of clear right. communication between the actors mm-hmm. can totally like ruin it. So is, it, is it usually that like the scene starts off somewhere and then just a series of like a series of decisions leads it in a really weird, unrelatable direction and then there's like no way to get out? Yeah, I guess um, if uh, one of the persons or both are not really listening to what's going on, it can get confusing real quick. Hmm. And then it's really hard to get out of it because then you're just kind of trying to justify this weird, weird thing that you built. Mm, right. And if you yeah and then maybe you can find a way out right, of it yeah i think that's where we're at with this podcast is we're trying to justify this weird thing we've built weird, weird yeah. strange machine we've created and we keep just trying to bring on guests to save us and give us some reason for why this whole thing is yeah. happening it is great like the weeks where we don't have guests are a total nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Every once in a while, it'll be a good episode, but a lot of the time it's just like, oh, we have nothing to talk about. We had one a few weeks ago where Tim and I had like 20 straight seconds of unbroken silence. It was unlistenable. (laughs) Yeah, that was was a bad week for several reasons, I Mm -hmm. think. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we hadn't really been thinking about anything we wanted to talk about. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I think I think that always makes a disconnect when you've been thinking about something all week and then you decide to talk about something else. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, I have no thoughts about this. Yeah. Well, let's just stare into space. Yeah, and I think we were both kind of in a bad mood and like <laughs> we we had a guest that night who I think bailed and then we also had like Simon couldn't make it. Uh the other person who was lined up at the time couldn't make it, and it was just like, "Oh, we're uh, just me and Tim tonight. Let's just you know, abandoned do whatever. by everyone." Yeah, it was it was a grumpy evening, so we mm-hmm. decided to get really silly, and part of that led to silence. So apologies <laughs> to those of you who struggled through that particular podcast, mm-hmm. yeah. but also thank you for sticking through with it. But that's why we have Inga, so these can be <laughs> interesting. <laughs> oh, no pressure. Lots of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> it's that's all it. on you. Mm-hmm. So Inga, does the improv help with uh, your neuro studies? Um, that's an interesting question. I think improv helped me in general just with the person I am, Mm. just with my personality. Mm. It just helped me to be more confident and believe in myself. uh, And um, yeah, I guess that kind of stuff. And I think that had an influence on my research and Mm. on working in research. I don't know if there's really a direct link of of how I, I would love to say it, it makes me more creative in my problem solving process. Maybe that's the case, but not. I didn't notice that actively. Right. Let's say. Yeah, that's fair. Right. So for for people who are just tuning into this and don't have our pre podcast conversation, <laughs> what is it exactly that you research? What do you do? Um, so I work as a research coordinator um, at the San Justine Children's Hospital. So I work for a lab uh, that is called Neuroscience of Early Development. So basically, we are looking at brain development uh, in infants, children, and adults. So all ages. Uh, We start with uh, babies, sometimes newborn babies, uh, mostly right now between six months and two years. 
um, and we're using different uh, brain imaging techniques. So I myself am specialized in EEG, which I always have a hard time saying the word for because <laughs> it's electroencephalography. Right. Okay, well, it worked. Cool. Oh, I was very scared ten about on this. Ten. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Extremely scared about this before. <laughs> if you mess it up after this, we can just go back and like take out that content. And put it over, I, like paste it over, yeah. Were you practicing saying it on the way over? I actually quickly um, Googled it. Nice. <laughs> like I'm specialized in it, but I, I just like quickly, I was like, oh no, like if they have basic questions, I, I, I got to know the basics. And, and so I, I did that. And, That's fair. Yeah. It, I mean, I think if you frequently like, do you guys call it? In electroencephalitis, when you're working <laughs> yeah. electroencephalography, it's always, it's always an EEG, right? Yeah, and yeah. I, I say it in French most of the time okay. because I work in French, and uh, so it's a lot easier in French, just because like yeah, in in English, like whenever you add a syllable, all the emphases switch around and change everything. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> but in French, it's just eeg, and that makes it real simple. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but like you know, if, if you take the word like democracy, but then it's democratic, right? Right. Oh, that's really interesting. It's a democracy, yeah. Yeah. But wait, in French, or, it's or democratic. Yeah, right. democracy, democratic. Yeah. 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 The French is a really simple stress pattern. Mm-hmm. I think. That's mm. true. Yeah. Yeah. I had. A, I have my problems with that sometimes. Like I. It, I don't know if that was in our class that someone was like, "It's not facets. It's facets." Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> Facet tapes. But we had an, that was an interesting class too because yeah. we had uh, we had a Turkish guy in the class whose English was like not oh, great either right. and there That's was a great true. scene between him and uh, albert who we had on the podcast once where they turned around to face each other and one of them was like hammering something and the other was fishing and the guy fishing said something about a dock and the other person thought they said dog and so they had this whole like two minute scene back and forth where they were talking about different things but yeah. they kept making it work yeah <laughs> it was great. yeah it happened to me before That's funny. yeah it can happen yeah you just mm-hmm. in, you're in two completely yeah. separate worlds. Mm-hmm. You keep justifying it to each other. Yeah. That's cool. That's life. Yeah. 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 So how do people develop? Um, <laughs> just a general question. <laughs> how do people develop? Um, they get... They start small and then they become big. Yeah, that's it. Uh, well, that's, <laughs> wow, that's si- all it takes. Simon, you don't even <laughs> need to go to school. For you could this. do my job. I'm an after all. <laughs> well, that's all we got for today. <laughs> Electroencephalography. <laughs> well, uh, we look at different things, how they develop. Uh, so, um, for example, we look at associative memory, right? So uh, that's one of our biggest challenges that we're working on right now. Um, because we are trying to look at relative memory (laughs) Um, in babies and um, uh, from six months to two years of age. Uh, And so we just have to figure out how to do that, right? Because they can tell us like, oh, yeah, I remember I saw that face with this landscape before. Uh, So we have an eye tracking device where we can see where the babies look at and then depending on their age, uh, they have a preference for something that they're familiar with or something that is new, something that is novel. And so depending on that, we can kind of, I guess, uh, we can kind of figure out if they remember what we showed them before. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so these are some of the techniques. With babies, it's always a little bit difficult because uh, they can't tell us directly, but it's also right. more exciting because 
we find out this stuff. <laughs> so associative memory is just like, do, do you know what this, like, have you seen this thing before? Is uh, that the basic idea? It, it's um, basically two separate things together, like making a connection between two things. So uh, uh. remembering uh, a picture with a different picture or a picture with a sound uh, together. Yeah. Mm. basic connections between things yeah that's mm. it that's okay. right yeah 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 have you watched westworld at all i have not no. but I, I i've seen on twitter that people are going crazy about <clears> it it's really really good and there's like they play a lot with memory in that we're like it's uh, for those for those of you who don't know what westworld is that would be me it's <laughs> me it's uh it's an hbo show that like started recently and it's about this place called Westworld, which is this sort of like virtual reality thing that you go to where there's all these like androids that look like people and like mm -hmm. act like people and you can interact with them and stuff. Uh, and every day, like their memory gets sort of rebooted, but they get reassigned differently. And so occasionally one of them will like remember what they did in the past. Like, you know, they'll, they'll go from like an outlaw to a farmer. And then as they're a farmer, they're like, oh, that's right. I murdered all these kids or whatever and it's like <laughs> yeah it gets, anyway it's about a lot more than just that but that is that is one of the components of it and uh yeah, yeah memory is super fascinating it's crazy it's yeah. very very fascinating what do you think is like the craziest thing you've like learned about memory since you started studying it oh the craziest thing <clears throat> i mean there is uh the very classic case of uh hm i don't know if you've heard mm -hmm. about it yeah which is which is like connected to montreal uh because brenda milner uh, still works here actually um, at the MNI at the Montreal Neuro Neurological Institute, uh, which is where Desiree D'Souza works. Yes, mm -hmm. another member our, our of this podcast, podcast host, oh, cool. <laughs> who cool. should have been on this episode but yeah. isn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you get me. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, and so uh, this is basically that. This was an epilepsy patient who got a uh, part of his um, or. Yeah, a, a big part of his hippocampus removed, and then had no had uh, his uh, capacity to form new memories got lost. So he basically right. only had a very short working memory, huh. but couldn't. And he also had the, there were some other preserved memory parts, like um, the uh, um, I guess some of the muscle memory or like um, uh, physical memory. Mm. Uh, but yeah, he couldn't form new memories, and mm. that has has been just like one of the most fascinating right. cases. I, that, that's right. kind of so, like so fifty he, first he, dates. <laughs> yeah, that's it, right? <laughs> so he could like he could like learn how to ride a bike, but he wouldn't remember learning how to ride the bike. Yeah, that's like it. A, okay. Yeah. yeah. I remember hearing about this uh, other like very famous amnesia patient who was a, a very very talented pianist. Um, who from some accident like got really really bad amnesia and his memory would reset every minute to three minutes wow uh, but he would still get up in the morning and make himself coffee and knew where the coffee was but then he would like forget that he made coffee and then you know like he would he would go oh, oh oh good coffee's been made awesome I wonder who made the coffee and he would sit down and play like a beautiful Mozart piece and it would be it'd go on for like 10 minutes and then you'd, you'd say oh great like what, what did you just do and he'd go what what are you talking about yeah. Oh, look at piano. It's so fascinating. Yeah. Memory is so important to just like have humans, uh, have them have a cohesive experience right. yeah. of life and of time. Yeah. It's so fundamental to what you think of as you, right? Mm -hmm. That's so, it. Like if you, if you don't remember what happened yesterday, did it happen to you really? Mm -hmm. Or did it just happen to 
Oh, your body. Tim. I'm getting a phone call from Tim. a person I'm going to ignore. Tim, bam, Speaking bam. of memory, Tim forgot to turn off his phone. Oh. I did. I'm a sad, sad child. Was it your mom? No. <laughs> it was another thing I'm trying to ignore. Um, he's not always trying to ignore his mom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just like when your mom calls while we're podcasting and we like put her on speakerphone. That's which true. has only happened a couple times, but it's always fun. That is kind of amusing. <laughs> but yeah, I'm... Um, a question about that. Do you know anything? How much do you know about sleep? How much do you know about Tim's mom? Oh. <laughs> how much do you know about Tim's mom's sleep? What do well, you know about bacon? <laughs> I think I know in that order sleep, <laughs> bacon, and your mom. <laughs> That's a, I'm glad that you don't know my mom better than <laughs> bacon. That would be weird. Yeah. Um, that's a very interesting question because I actually have a uh, kind of an obsession with sleep. Okay. Um, so uh, w- during my bachelor's, I did um, an internship in a sleep lab. Okay. Uh, because I was very interested in sleep at the. I am still interested in sleep, but at the time I had the possibility to do that internship, um, and it was uh, a lot about dreams also. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was pretty cool because I got to read over two thousand dream reports. Uh, from uh, strangers. So and it goes into a dream report. Yeah. Basically, these people uh, were doing dream diaries. <coughs> okay. Bless you, Tim. And uh, so every morning they would, uh, for I think it was a two-week period, they would write down everything they remembered from their dreams. Um, and that that was so fascinating. Mm. It was very fascinating in a way of how similar dreams are. How uh. some patterns reoccur reoccur so often, right? Like being naked, or uh, some part of your hair falling off, some mm. part of your face falling off, or uh, yeah. uh, weird um, animals that are like different creatures, and these kind of themes. Huh. So, and then uh, a lot of them were, of course, completely unique too. Huh. Yeah. Mm. That was- do you, funny. Did, did you feel like you had a, a like a special insight into some people's uh, subconscious personalities? Well, uh, like, well, this guy's definitely you know suppressing something. Well, it was interesting because the, this guy's <laughs> this guy's definitely <laughs> ignoring his mom. <laughs> um, it's an interesting question because they were uh, anonymous and randomized, mm. but sometimes oh. I was like. I feel like I've read one of your dreams before. <laughs> I feel like I know that where this is coming from. Well, not where it's coming from, but where this is coming from more yeah. has happened. Uh, that's kind of fun. <clears throat> so what is what is sleep then? What is it doing? Mm, yeah, that's a very interesting uh, question. Um, what is sleep? Because I, I heard that we don't really understand why it is that we sleep. Yeah, I don't right. I don't think we completely understand. We know that it has a lot to do with memory. Yeah. So, uh with building memory and uh I guess it makes sense thinking about dreams how different things are processed. Mm. Um and um going out on a limb here, uh very simplified, I would think it's maybe transferring uh memories into different parts of the brain right because mm. the uh memories are stored uh long term in the cortex but first they start out in the hippocampus mm. but this is obviously very simplified but these are just some ideas i have but then i guess there's also some uh uh re- re- regener- regenerative 
yeah, mm. <laughs> regenerative processes going on. Right. And uh, yeah, mm. some rest. And then, I mean, like, it's not only the brain, right? It has to have some physical yeah, effects too. Right. I mean, I mm. guess like, yeah, I've never thought about sleep being primarily beneficial like mentally but that makes total sense because usually oh, yeah. if i don't sleep yeah. one night it's not my body that suffers it's my mind yeah that's like, it you know i just yeah. i can't focus i'm grumpy i get headaches mm -hmm. i can walk around i can lift stuff <laughs> you know yeah. i like that those are your two examples <laughs> those are the two things <laughs> i, I do. can walk yeah. and lift <laughs> yeah <laughs> and those are the two basic like physical functions we need to be able to do right? <laughs> this is lifting something mm. Hmm. Tom lifted yeah. his phone. Yeah. I picked Just, it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also I forget like, all the time this isn't a video. <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't sleep, you also like do you you know, you end up getting sick and your immune system winds mm -hmm. down and stuff. So mm -hmm. I guess like I wonder which which came first? Like mm. chicken. Did sleep start as a <laughs> as a mechanism for your body Pork. to heal itself or for your mind to like do stuff it needed to do? Boy. Like Pro do probably uh, probably probably the body. First, because I guess the brain developed so much from where it started. Right. But do things that don't have brains sleep? Hmm. Good question. Like, do jellyfish sleep? I don't think so. Do, I don't think so. I'm thinking hibernate. about, like, in. how about insects? Well, insects have brains, right? Well, they, it's not, I don't think it's techni technically called a brain, okay. but they have, like, knots of, of neurons and stuff that knots that's it's like if you massage most. an insect enough like, <laughs> that's yeah. most definitely I mean, not yeah, they the have right like term they, they have a nervous system but they don't yes. have like a like what a we call brain. a brain yeah yeah mm. little bundles of of stuff that's it yeah mm. okay like a, uh, a quick google search has revealed to me that apparently jellyfish do sleep Ooh. oh okay interesting yeah. How can you tell yeah, when a jellyfish I just had is the sleeping? Same well, there's like it, probably they have a circadian rhythm in the same way that we do, do mm, where like like they're yeah. you know because when when you fall asleep, um, you'll have certain there are certain patterns, right? Like your mm -hmm. your brain activity like drops, and there's that. But then there's also, um, you you get the part of your of your sleep where you get super jittery. Your body mm -hmm. temperature drops as well. Yeah. Um, other things. Sorry, I'm just imagining yeah. a jittery jellyfish now. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great, both for the visual and the alliteration. <laughs> it's just that time of the day again. My jellyfish is jittery. And some jittery jelly boys. <laughs> hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I guess it makes sense that the sleep for the body would have come before sleep for the brain. But yeah, I, I don't know, right? This is just something that I just guess. <laughs> yeah, so. But you have you have more grounds to guess than we do. It's you an know educated more about guess. this than, well, than we do. You would Probably think. Probably ever will. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I'm yeah. curious about with sleep is when I'm asleep for eight hours, mm. do I not experience those eight hours or do I experience all eight of those hours and then forget about it? I would say you don't experience those eight hours hmm. yeah. because uh, I guess because you're not conscious. It's well, not recorded but how would it, into th your memory. That's what, that's why I'm, I'm interested in this because like if you, what's the difference between being conscious and not recording it into your memory mm. and I guess when you not get, being conscious, right? Mm. Like was mm. HM ever conscious after he had his accident? If, it, if none of it was recorded. And when you get blackout mm. drunk, you stop recording your experiences where you're still experiencing them. Oh, yeah, I guess, I yeah, you can look at it that way for sure. Hmm. I guess it, it, like, maybe it depends on, like, how you respond to stimulus. 
I'm just kind of right. really yeah. wondering if there's some version of me that's like awake for eight hours that's not me that keeps getting mad at all the dumb stuff I do all day but then can't tell me because it's my sleep version. It's me, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just Tom. Yeah. Well, I mean, also uh, talking about EEG again, right? Mm -hmm. Because uh, that's uh, something that is often recorded during sleep. Um, and there we can see different phases of sleep uh, um, just on in the EEG patterns of the brainwave. Uh, and so by the brainwaves, we can tell if someone is asleep and how deeply asleep they are. Um, so I'm, well, now I'm trying to make the connection again to the conscious. Um, but I guess if we follow your logic, it could still be some sort of different conscious. Right? Yeah, well, until you know what consciousness is, it's going to be difficult. Yeah, that's well, it. Well, we're, I feel like we've talked about this on one of the podcasts, but like the different sort of levels of consciousness where you have like, like depending on how many stimuli you respond to mm -hmm. and like, how, how you respond to those stimuli. Have we talked about this? I don't think so. No. I'm not sure. No. Is this a, I, a thing that you've... I'm trying really hard to remember how this works, but like there's this idea of um, like different levels of therm of uh, <laughs> <laughs> thermonuclear I, war. Yeah, it, It'll make sense in a bit, but, but of consciousness and like the sort of the base level is like a thermostat where it responds to one stimulus, which is temperature, and mm. then if it's if it's above or below uh, what it's been instructed for it to be, then it will respond accordingly. And then a couple steps above that, you have plants where they will respond to like sunlight, also temperature, wind, sound, that kind of stuff. Uh, and then a little bit above that, then you have insects and jellyfish, and then above that you have animals, and above that you have mm. humans. And it's all you know they. It all includes different levels of, of stimuli, and so it's like if you could argue that when you're asleep, you're still conscious, but you you descend to a lower level one, where like mm. you're not responding to like socio-cultural stimuli, but you're responding to like sort of immediate right. physical stimuli. You might, you so, might right. respond to heat, or you might respond to the feeling of a full bladder. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, or, or you might respond to like your your if your arm is sort of pinned in a weird way, it might start to hurt, and then you'll wake up and you'll move. Or you might respond to your roommate walking on your face or Actually, other things. Yeah, I just, this, that just happens like, to me all the time. This gave me a, a flashback to like a couple weeks ago. I oh. had a night where I slept really well, uh, but then I had a dream, and in the dream I started peeing. And I felt the satisfaction of peeing. And I've trained myself to immediately wake up when I feel that. Because yeah. usually that means you're peeing. Yeah. And I didn't. You didn't wake Ooh. up? I did wake up, but I didn't, pee. I didn't pee. And so I'm wondering like, why I felt like I peed. You know what I mean? That's interesting. Well, you know, all of this really uh, uh, makes me remember lucid dreaming. Right. Yeah. Because then we're conscious. Right. We're conscious that we're dreaming. Mm. And uh, that's really interesting. Because mm -hmm. uh, some people uh, are very well trained in lucid dreaming. And mm -hmm. so they know actually they're <coughs> dreaming. So they're conscious. And then they can kind of just do whatever they want, mm -hmm. which right. is super interesting. Mm. Yeah. Have you guys experienced that at all? Um, Like briefly. Generally, it's like a couple seconds before I wake up. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, well, like it. I don't know what time means in dreams. Cause, but like, it, like yeah. generally it'll be like, <gasps> I'm awake. They're like, oh, I'm dreaming. This is great. I can do it. Oh. Yeah, that's it. Right. Because be yeah. that's it. Uh, that's actually the answer. Because mm -hmm. you're getting excited. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, my God, I know that I'm dreaming. And then, mm -hmm. like, your excitement goes up so much mm -hmm. that you actually wake up. Right. So this is one of the things that yeah. the people who are lucid dreamers, that they really train to, like, mm -hmm. stay calm and just be like, mm -hmm. okay, great. I'm dreaming. Right. I guess that's kind of, I guess technically my peeing thing is like lucid dreaming then, right? Because I've, yeah. I've conditioned myself that as soon as I realize that I'm peeing in my dream, I need to wake up. <laughs> 
I've had a few lucid dreaming experiences. I think they've only lasted like a couple minutes. Yeah. Oh, um, that's nice, I've definitely though. had the, like the sort of inception experience of like, oh, I can change this. That's yeah. cool. I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> that, I have a, I have a really bicycle. Cool. I'm going to ride it and attack monster aliens or whatever. Yeah. Super fun. Um, <clears throat> more recently, I feel like my, <clears throat> I only really realize I'm dreaming when I'm having a nightmare. Mm. And then that's really interesting because I'll be aware that I'm dreaming and trying to yell myself awake. Mm. Mm. And it's it's strange how, how often it doesn't work. Yeah. That like you're just screaming at yourself to wake up and it's 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 almost like you're drowning. Like you're pulling yourself towards consciousness, but it keeps like pulling you back into the dream. Yeah. It's a really weird feeling. Yeah, I think um back in the lab, in the sleep lab that I worked, um, they had some techniques for nightmares mm. and usually it's not to try to wake up but it's like to try to deal with the dream like to deal to with it, it in it yeah, yeah mm. in the dream yeah. depending if it's like a recurrent pattern like if you're actually drowning like uh i guess to not like to swim or yeah. to somehow get out of it you know? yeah I, I for a while i, I had to deal with like um Recur- not recurring but like chronic nightmares so like mm. i would get a lot of they weren't they were never the same ones but they were often like almost every night uh and one of the things that i read was that after you wake up you try to rewrite your dream so you go like okay well in this scenario the monster walked in and then ate yeah. me but then and then you i just told myself when he walks in i pull out a gun and i shoot him and mm-hmm. when he walks in i pull out a gun and i shoot him and i imagine it as 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 vividly as i could so that if you know, then that almost in a sense like that's the memory that I re- that stuck was yeah. this thing that I rewrote. Yeah. And then I guess if I am in a dream in a nightmare again, then I've trained myself to vanquish it or to to yeah, fight it. A, yeah, run. rewriting is really a good term yeah. for it. Interesting. Mm. It must be mm-hmm. hard to study dreams systematically because you can't yeah. control them, right? You can't yeah. say, "Hey, dream a." have this kind of nightmare so we can see what's going on yeah it's pretty hard um i did a study on lucid dreaming once Mm. and yeah that's that's really really tough for the researchers right because they spend all night in the lab they're awake and they're looking at what they do is they tell you if you're dreaming um go with your eyes from left to right so this is a pattern because of the muscles that mm. we can see in the EEG. Oh, interesting. And so they, that's how they mark it in their EEG. So they have the entire night of sleep, but then they mark this like whatever three-minute episode, and then they look at that. But uh, obviously it's not always going to happen, so it's mm. a lot, a lot of nights in but, the lab. <laughs> but that actually does happen, that like within the dream, someone will go, okay, I'm dreaming. I've got to go like left, right, left, yes. right, left, right. Yeah. <sighs> But lucid dreamers, it's I think it's like a real community. Like mm. <laughs> these people are well trained and have like different techniques, and so uh, mm. yeah, they can they can do that. Yeah. I wonder if they become better at remembering their dreams because I barely remember any of mine. They do. Yes. The yeah. more you talk about dreams, the more you think about yeah. dreams. When you uh, write down your dreams, the more you will remember. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because I've I've just not been remembering my dreams very much at all for the past couple of years. Yeah, just like, yeah. I found There's, that as soon as I started taking melatonin to help me sleep, my <laughs> dreams became more vivid. Oh, huh. that's interesting. Yeah, I think maybe just because it it makes you sleep longer for a stretch. Like, mm. I don't know. You you like wake up at various times during the night usually, don't you? Uh, it depends. It depends if I pee right before I go to bed. Again, with the peeing thing. Like, it's like, No, no like, I have the same I thing. Will. I can relate. Like there's a deep yeah. here. <laughs> it's like, I will wake up at 4 o'clock to yeah, go pee too. if I didn't do it earlier. Mm. 
Because I find, and I don't know if there's any neurological like evidence for this, but I find that the longer I sleep, the crazier and longer my dreams become when I wake up. Yeah, well, th this depends on which sleep phase you're getting into mm. right before you wake up, right? So uh, usually um, you get, I guess, like in an REM phase just before you wake up, then you will remember the dream. Mm. Uh, but also it happens to me very often, and a lot of people say that too, um, that when you wake up and then you fall back asleep, then you will dream more vividly too. Huh. <laughs> okay. That's true. That's actually, yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Like when I'm just on the verge of falling asleep, I find that sometimes I'll get just really quick dreams. Mm -hmm. or like, I yeah. And like, I, I don't even know if I could really totally call it a dream, but it, it yeah, it's just a very quick like, like I'm somewhere else and I'm doing something else. Yeah. Is that that thing where you're like doing something mundane and then all of a sudden the floor disappears and you fall and you wake up? Some, sometimes there's that, yeah. but sometimes it's just like, I don't know, I'll be like maybe in class or whatever and I'm really, really tired. And then all of a sudden I'm like chasing Tom down the street. I go, ah, no, 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 I'm still in class. All right, cool. <laughs> I haven't been chased in a really long time. <laughs> is it always we, is it always Tom? Let's that. talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Like it'll just be something totally different, you know. Or like I'll be baking a cake and someone says it's really good when you put pickles in it, and I'll be like, that's probably not true. And then, I'll, ah! <laughs> you know, just something like very odd and unusual. What do you guys think would be the worst thing to put in a cake? Poop. Pickles is close. I don't know. I, I can't imagine things that are much, especially dill pickles. So you said poop. I'm going to challenge you. Within the food world, what okay, would be the worst thing to put in a cake. I mean, poop is kind of within the food world. Curry. <laughs> I'm going to challenge you. <laughs> I would say curry. Curry, curry. cake. Mm, yeah, curry. because I've I've found that like curry needs to be prepared really well, um, and it, and if it's prepared like like mediocrely, or if you just sprinkle a little bit of curry, it that's the only flavor you taste. Mm -hmm. oh, it's just yeah. the curry. And I feel like if you made a chocolate cake and you, cause like, you know, you can make cakes that have interesting spices in them and it can really, really add sure. to it. Gingerbread. Gingerbread. I, uh, I make banana bread where I add uh, allspice to it and that's really good. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you, if I added some curry to a cake, I feel like that's all I would taste. It would just be like curry cake and then a little bit of chocolate or whatever. And that would be super gross. That's fair. Mm -hmm. Were you at that one church event where my mom had baked cookies for Christmas uh, and then uh, the the powdered sugar that she got was actually like laced with some kind of spice by accident. What? Like they messed oh, no. up when they were mixing it at the store. Oh. Uh, and so I brought these cookies and every, people started eating them and they're all like, these are disgusting. What's wrong with these? I'm like, how dare you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> That's my one. mom's cookie. Well, because usually my mom bakes really well. And then I like ate one of the cookies. I'm like, oh, these are bad. I called my mom <laughs> and she like sampled the all the ingredients until she found what was wrong and took it back. And they gave her like, a bunch of free stuff to make up for it. Mm. Oh, that's so weird. That's fun. Huh. I think at one point at our house, we accidentally mixed cayenne and... Was it cayenne and cinnamon? No, it was something weirder than that. It was like chili powder and cinnamon because we just... That could they be just interesting, looked the though. same. I feel like that could be interesting. That's like a like a chili mocha kind of thing. Yeah. You, could, you yeah. can make a coffee with that. Yeah, like, you know, yeah, I've I've seen like spicy chocolate and like cinnamon and chocolate go well together. Mm. So I, I can I can see how that could be complimentary. I had some really nice like mole sauce on a uh, on a braised beef. A braised beef. You had this too, the beef. What, at, what is uh, mole sauce? Alcachin. Mole? It's like a it's a cocoa based sauce used in a lot of like South American cuisine. Oh yeah, that was good. Uh, to answer your question, I would say horseradish. Horseradish. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's a strong one. Yeah. 
I, I feel like mm. anything that makes it uh, like taste soapy. Oh, like, like yeah. soap. Are you are you one of those cilantro people? Yeah, that's oh, it. Oh, yeah, interesting. That's it. You've yeah. got the mutation. <laughs> I do. Or do we have the mutation? I don't know. If, if we both do. I mean, we're all mutated yeah. one-celled organisms, yeah, right? It. So mm-hmm. That makes sense. <laughs> Back to sleep, though. Yeah. We do have a, a Patreon oh, question as well that I want to get to. Uh, but ask your sleep question, and then once that wraps up, we'll go to the Patreon. Yeah. Boom. Well, it, I'm opening a whole new topic here. A whole so maybe, new topic? Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Let's, new topic. Let's, <laughs> let's hit this. Yeah. I, w- I want you to hold one finger up. And remember it. Everybody? Because I think this will be an oh, easy sorry, Patreon question for us. Okay. Just Simon so that he remembers okay. this question. <laughs> so uh, our pa- our sponsor for this week, uh, once again, we are sponsored by the Etsy shop Waddle and Flit. Waddle and Flit is a toy maker from Montreal who makes beautiful handmade stuffed animals that look like real animals. Uh, you can get squirrels, rabbits, skunks. How closely do they look like real animals? I mean, they're obviously stuffed animals, but they're more realistic looking than like cartoon animals. So like if if I bought like a little a little waddle and fig squirrel sure waddle and fig waddle and, waddle flit. and flit waddle and flit flit waddle and flip flit waffle and flip waffles and if you bought a squirrel yeah this is a terrible yeah. plug well, could some people think it was a real squirrel could I prank somebody is my question <laughs> squirrel pranks <laughs> could I prank some, a squirrel some good squirrel that's, pranks that's ultimately my question well you can find out by going to <laughs> etsy.com slash shop slash waddle flit uh, and entering the promo code soft boys at checkout to get 20% off this is an exclusive deal for up for discussion listeners uh, yeah coupon code cool. soft boys at checkout uh, Patreon is a crowdfunding platform. <laughs> I'm just going right into it. Uh, that allows content creators to work directly with their audiences to produce the best possible things like this podcast. Uh, and if for $5 a month or more, you can actually drive the direction of this content. So Patrick uh, does that, and he would like to know what we think would be the best replacement for snow. For snow. To oh mess with people. There is no replacement for Cilantro. snow. Cilantro. <laughs> specifically, if you wanted to mess with people by replacing snow. Powdered sugar. Powdered yeah, sugar. I oh was dear. thinking cotton candy, something like that. Ooh, yeah. Oh, that'd be awful because you oh, like dive sticky. off a roof and you think that you're gonna land in snow, and instead you just crush the <laughs> cotton just... candy <laughs> and land on the ground. And also, like as it starts to melt with yeah. like the heat from your body, it yeah. sticks to you. Oh god. Yeah. And, and you know how like cotton candy shrinks when it gets wet? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh no. Oh, I think we have a winner. That yeah, would definitely mess with people. That's awful. Oh, that god. or like shaving cream. Ooh, yeah, oh, that's right. not convincing though. I like. I don't think it needs to be convincing. I think it just needs to mess with people. Right. Oh, yeah, from far away, shaving cream, yeah, shaving cream could work. Did yeah. you guys see that thing a couple weeks ago where like an airport hangar exploded? Whoa! Like it didn't explode in the in the usual sense though. Like a gigantic like fire alarm system went off and the whole place just started filling up with like flame retardant suds that was u- that's used to like douse fires. But it just kept going until it blew out the windows on the airport hangar, and like five blocks became flooded with this like crazy sudsy substance that like buried several. I cars have not heard of that. It was well, me neither. it no. was it was a fun time, but that was a that looked that looked a lot like snow. I think it was downtown huh. California somewhere. It's amazing. Huh. Just I have the there, city of California. There have been instances where there've been like huge huge fires, and then like ash descends somewhere, and it looks like it really does look like snow. Right. Yeah, that's vol- just, volcanic yeah. ash would be an, is an awful substitute for it's snow. It's terrible. It's actually like awful. It like sh- like it like that that big uh, big Icelandic uh, 
volcano that erupted in 2000, was it 2010? The one with the really long name. Yeah, that one. Oh, he just wanted to say that. <laughs> yes, I was just waiting. No, but like, <laughs> did like, you go to Iceland? <laughs> I can't tell. <laughs> yes, it did. Um, but like the entire southern half of the country, it was like shut down and people had to evacuate. Because, yeah. Wow. Because like, like, like roads were shut down, bridges collapsed, like entire infrastructure is collapsed. Yeah, because like half a centimeter of that stuff can collapse a roof like it's basically rock yeah. in powdered form and mm-hmm. then if it gets in your lungs it turns you into a cemented lunged person yes which is not good no it is not yeah so your sleep question yeah it's about sleepwalking what do you know about sleepwalking oh interesting because it happens to me when I, I'm I may have talked about this on the show before but when I get when I'm a little nervous or stressed out it happens a lot uh, before a play uh, I'm I'm I've been in a fair number of plays, and often before a play, I will like. He's a football player. Yeah, <laughs> as you can tell by my tall, sizable physique. Uh, big muscle boy. That's shoulders. What they call me. That's actually the name that's on the back of my jersey. Is big muscle boy. Okay. Actually, no, but like I'll, I'll, I'll experience this, uh, and it, it'll be at like varying levels. But my eyes are open. And I'm seeing everything around me, but my brain interprets it as something totally different. Whoa. So it happened, like I had to play this November, and it happened one night uh, just before opening when I, I was looking at my window and there's curtains, but my brain thought that it was the, the curtains at the back of the, sh- of the play, at, at the back of the, the stage. And I, like, in my mind, I was on stage in a bed on in another person's play, and I had been last minute asked to... Uh, be on stage and sing Hey Ya by Outcast, but I <laughs> but I couldn't remember any of the words and the lights were on and people were watching and they were waiting for me to sing Hey Ya and I couldn't remember the words and I was really upset. No one knows the words to that song. Ah, you think you got it. Oh, you think you got it. I'm not saying it made sense, okay? I'm just saying that that was the situation. And then all of a sudden it just like switched where like, it's not like my eyes opened. My eyes were already open, but I just, all of a sudden my brain understood what I was looking at. And then I understood where I was. Well, hmm. that's, oh, that's interesting. I don't know a lot about sleepwalking. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I just recently actually heard about um, something that is not sleepwalking, but you know where people still move in their dreams? They're not necessarily sleepwalking, but uh, usually you're not supposed to really move Mm. with what you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. So this is inhibited. And so some people um, have this, uh, uh, I guess, the syndrome where this is not inhibited, their body isn't inhibited, and Mm. then they act out their dreams, which is actually quite problematic, especially if it's like violent dreams uh, or if they're just moving a lot. It's it's really hard for their partners. Yeah, my my grandfather had that. He put his fist through a wall once. Oh, wow. What did the wall do? It, uh, It wasn't appreciative. It had some harsh words. Wow, that's yeah. (laughs) I was, I I obviously meant what did the wall do to deserve that (laughs) in the direction of what did the wall do after? (laughs) And I appreciate that. (laughs) I think he was in his dream. He was fighting a lion or something. Whoa. Anyways, yeah, yeah. Yeah, And so this is. I think they found out that this is kind of like a biomarker of uh, Alzheimer Hmm. or of some. Oop, but hey. Sorry, that was my ukulele. <laughs> it reacts strongly to Alzheimer's. Yeah. 
The ukulele does. Or like a neurodegenerative diseases that come mm. later on. So people uh, have been looking at sleep a lot for that too, to like find biomarkers. Mm. But I don't think it's the same thing as sleepwalking mm. though, because uh, it's one thing to act out things in your bed, but there it seems like it's all mixed up, right? Yeah. Because you and, have like... And there have been times when I've like gotten up and moved around. Um, wow. And like I, I really am like looking at my room but my brain's interpreting it as something else wow yeah when i was a kid my mom was convinced that i sleepwalked because i used to (laughs) she would wake up in the morning and i'd already be in the living room with the tv on watching flintstones at like six in the morning uh and i would usually be like half awake doing it and she'd come in and be like what are you doing and i wouldn't respond (laughs) (laughs) but really what it was was that i would just wake up and go tiredly sit and watch tv in the morning because i was just just really into flintstones yeah you know but I think I, eventually I, it was Star Trek. <laughs> by, by high school, like TNG was always playing at like six in the morning. So I'd watch that before leaving. Yeah, I once woke up on my couch with jeans on, but I was wearing my pajama shirt and I didn't remember getting there. Wow. Yeah. Do you remember putting the jeans on? No. Weird. Wow, that's super weird. Do so you remember some... buying the couch? Uh, no. Man. Because my parents bought it. <laughs> that's less... <laughs> Less incredible. Yeah. And then uh, I guess the opposite of that would be like sleep paralysis, right? Where you've, yeah. you've woken up, but you can't move. Oh, my God. Uh, I've, yeah. That's like almost always associated with like feeling a presence in the room or like something's climbing on your chest or something and there's nothing. Oh, that's, wow. Yeah. So it's super scary. Is this just kind of generally like your sort of your different, like your brain isn't synced up properly where like you don't fall asleep and wake up all at once? Is that sort of what's going on? Yeah, I guess I'm really no expert at all in that uh, in that compartment, but I guess it's just uh, there must be something off with the inhibition or something that should be inhibited isn't inhibited or something that mm-hmm. sh- shouldn't be inhibited is inhibited. Hmm. Yeah, but yeah, as, as I said, I'm no expert in that. That's fair. That makes <laughs> sense, just, though. That's just a guess. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So improv. So improv. Improv. Can you guys, do, you, like, do you have any shows coming up? Um, I don't have any improv shows coming up, at, at least not that I remember. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have a storytelling show coming up. Oh, sweet. Ooh, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, I it's like, really fun. I like those. Do you want to plug that? Yeah, for sure. Cool. Uh, so it's on December 14th, uh, Wednesday. Um, and it's this show that uh, Jeff Gandell, uh, my friend Britt Dash, and uh, Ala Franz put on once a month uh, at the KGB. Okay. At uh, 8 p.m. and uh, wow. it's always six storytellers who tell mm. about a 10-minute story from their real life, and it's always super, super interesting and super fun. Sweet, that's yeah. cool. Ala France is great. He was uh, he was at the same show I think that I did photography that you were at. It. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, what a funny guy. Yeah, he's he's very funny. Can you give us like a taste? Like, give us a 30-second opener to the story, and then if we want to know the rest, we have to come to your show. Uh, yeah, sure. I'm not quite sure what I'm, what story I'm going to tell, but I think uh, um, it might be a story of how I uh, said in someone else's pee, like not on purpose, <laughs> and how I like try to find the silver lining in that. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I just, I sat down in a metro station. Oh no. And it smelled. That exact yeah. thing happened to me before. Really? Yeah. It oh was my, at the I feel pool, better now. And I sat down and I was like, oh, this is like wet. I guess 
plumbing's leaking or something. And it wasn't <laughs> until I was walking home that I was like, something smells. Yeah, I, I think that's happened to me uh, too. Actually. And it was fall. Yeah. And like, I could tell that it wasn't just where I was because it was following me. And like, yeah. I said, this whole city smells like old urine. No, <laughs> no that was. Yeah, no, it was awful. Was it? It's yeah. awful. Well, well, because I was uh, I was really dumb, too, because I was like, oh, my God, it smelled so much like pee. And then I turned around. I saw it was wet. And I was like, oh, my God. And then I, I touched my no. coat. I touched it. And then, then I was like, oh, no. And I had to go. Like, I had to ride the metro for 45 minutes. Oh. And just, like, my hand just, like as far apart from me as I could. And I, I was like, okay, this is interesting. This is a learning experience. For sure. uh, were, were you going home at least? Yes, I was. Okay. Yeah. 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 Same with me. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to a meeting. I'm off to the uh, sleep no. lab. <laughs> Job interview. Oh, God. Oh, that <laughs> so bad. suck. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna try to come to that show. I want to hear. I want to hear that story. <laughs> hear what silver lining there is. Golden lining. Better to. Uh, uh. <laughs> so I guess silver lining if you're well hydrated. Mm, true. Or crystal. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> Being well hydrated does not make your pee silver. No, but it makes it transparent. Yeah. yeah. If the you cr- or anyone you love is peeing silver, don't <laughs> <laughs> go see a doctor right yeah. away. Yeah, probably. Or call us at uh, 1-800-BEES. I had uh, (laughs) We were on set at at the YouTube space this week. Oh, yeah. uh, We went to the YouTube space this week. It was good. Yeah. yeah, If you guys want to talk a little bit post-TO. We can give a little post-TO. But the one one point I wanted to say was uh, in relation to stepping in things and having them stick to your body and also in relation to the snow question, uh, there was this one set that had like a lot of fake snow in one corner. That I think really you're not supposed to stand in the corner, but like we wanted to do a shot where I was kind of coming out of some trees. Yeah. So we did. And then I looked later and I realized I was trailing fake snow all over George Brown College <laughs> and all over the rest of the YouTube space, like probably all day. And I'm pretty sure there's still, well, not anymore because there's real snow in them now, but there was still snow stuck in my boots when we got back to Montreal. <laughs> So I brought a little piece of YouTube home with me. Yeah, oh, a little piece of nice. styrofoam. Oh, man, yeah. Did you guys not bring back like pens or lanyards? Actually, they gave us Google Cardboard. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Do have you have you got have you downloaded the Google Cardboard what? app yet? No, not yet. What is Google? so Google Cardboard is a really really cheap virtual reality system. Oh yeah, where it's just cardboard. It's just cardboard and a couple of really strong like macro lenses type things. So you like strap it to your, I haven't really figured out how to strap it to your head yet. I don't know if you can. I think you just hold it in front of your eyes. It's got an elastic, which leads me to believe there's a way. There's an elastic? Yeah, there's an elastic on it. So there there should be a way to strap it to your head, but it just, it doesn't work. It always like just kills my face when I try to do it. So I've just Mm. been holding it there, but it's pretty cool. You can like, if you get the cardboard app, you can like just stand in your room and Go on like Google Maps and like experience like oh I'm I'm under the like Google uh, Street View yeah like I'm under the Tower of uh, Babel no not Babel <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the one that's the one the Tower of Babel <laughs> have you have you ever tried the Tower to, like, of stand, Eiffel you you should try to stand on your street corner and then go on Street View we did that we did that at yeah. the YouTube space with like a proper VR set <laughs> one of the YouTube employees was like Tom give me your address back home in Montreal and like what what why are you why do you want my address Gabe he's like no I want to I want to put it in here look. And then he showed me my house. And it was weird, though, because you, you get put in the middle of the street, right? Oh, so yeah. So I felt like I was standing in the middle of the road. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's my house, but I want to, like, not be in the middle of the road right yeah. now. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Did, did everything look 
like warped because you know when, when you're on street no. view on your computer or on a phone it kind of like everything warps a little bit well one weird thing is if you turn around too fast in back it's still pixelated and yeah. then it takes a moment to do that street view thing where it comes into focus uh, so that's really weird when you're sort of considering it to be your actual like eyes doing this you're mm-hmm. like oh but what's going on with my vision yeah that's weird yeah, you know that's that's been my problem with uh 3d movies mm-hmm. is that like you know it especially when it's when the 3d is done really well where it feels really real and you're like and i'm trying to look around and look at like a thing on the table or whatever but that thing's not in focus so my eyes are trying really really hard to focus in on it and it can't and that i think that i don't know i get some yeah sometimes yeah the that. vr like I, I think the best solution for that is to just keep everything in focus all the time because yeah. like mm-hmm. there was there yeah there was definitely one 3d movie i watched where they were doing a lot of like soft focus background shots but your eyes just get so confused by that yeah. when it's 3d because you think you're going to be able to like you remember like refocus movie? on the background you can't do you remember what movie? I think Schindler's it was Seventh List? Son. It was uh, oh yeah, it was not. Oh. It, was, it wasn't a good movie. No, I I remember like so that's based off of some books that I read when I was like a teenager. Yeah, and they were great books. And then as soon as I saw the trailer for that movie, I was like, nope, that's gonna be awful. But it did have that girl from AI in it. Haley Joel Osment. Yeah, well, yeah, that one. That's a boy. Haley Joel. <laughs> what? <laughs> he was in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, Haley Joel Osment is the kid in AI. No, but no, I mean he was in Seventh Son. <laughs> oh dear. I'm confused. Yep. Do you mean Julianne Moore? No, I'm that girl. Hillary Duff. Yeah. <laughs> Lizzie McGuire. That's <laughs> Hillary Duff. <laughs> <laughs> They're two different people, Tom. Don't you know? No. That's arguable. Hmm. Well, you guys, thanks for listening to the Up <laughs> Discussion podcast this week. Uh Inga, where can they find you? Uh you mean online? St. Juicy's Hospital As for Inga, they all know her Montreal Yeah, I'm on Twitter And my handle is At Inga Sophia, which is my second name Knut, so it's my whole name You're gonna have to spell that Yeah, so it's Inga, I-N-G-A Sophia, S-O-P-H-I a and then my last name Knot, which is K N O T H. Cool. That's it. All one word. Yeah, all Sweet. one word. And it'll be spelled out in the description of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. Cool. And uh, check out the storytelling show at the KGB on December fourteenth. You said. That's it. Eight yeah. p.m. Eight p.m. Yeah. Nice. And uh, you can follow all of us at Down with Talking at Tom Zalatni at Acapella Science at Know the Other Simon and. Uh, We'll see you next week. See you next week. Things that are happening. Do Thanks we... again for joining us. Oh, yeah. thank you for inviting me. My brain hurts. Uh, sleep. Can we have an REM moment? <laughs> <laughs> when you said REM earlier, I immediately thought of the band REM. I don't think I know a single REM song. That's me in the corner. That's me in the spotlight. Losing my religion. Trying to keep a view And I don't know if I can do it Oh no, I've said too much I haven't said enough That's like the... That's how our podcast always is, basically.